So hey there, Playful Mompreneurs. It's Shelley Tonkin-Smith here, the host of the Playful Mompreneur podcast. It's so great to have you with me here for another episode. Maybe I'm coming through to your kitchens or into your car or while you're on a walk. Hello, I hope you are doing something really fun while you are listening to the Playful Mompreneur podcast. Because today what I'm going to be doing is a little bit of a behind the scenes of what's happening in my business at the moment, particularly with what's happening with my book writing journey. And I started thinking on a lot of these things as I was editing my interview episode with Amanda Jefferson, which was last week's episode, episode number 14. And it was such a fun episode. Amanda is just, as I said, I described her as spunky. She's so cool. And there were so many highlights to that episode. But as I was editing the episode, I thought, oh my goodness, there's so many things that I need to update because I often do those interview recordings quite a few weeks ahead of time. And in fact, that interview was done in early April and now we're sitting uh, sort of middle of June. So there's been quite a lot of time that's passed since I interviewed Amanda. And I really felt that I wanted to give you, my dear listener, a behind the scenes of what has happened since that interview and how my book writing process is going. And I felt also that this journey that I've been on over the last two months or so ties in with so many of the messages that Amanda had in her interview. So I'm going to be tying that in and just bringing in some of the messages that Amanda shared and some of the tips and the insights that she shared with us in last week's episode and linking that up to my journey right now. And really the theme or the title of this episode, I believe, is the marathon or the sprints. When you need to get things done, do you approach it like a marathon or a sprint? And I think as playful mompreneurs, there's not one answer, but it over my journey of the last two months, I have found that one of those has worked better than the other. So I'll tell you a little bit more about that. So this episode is part interview reflection, part personal updates with hopefully a big old side order of inspiration for you on your playful mompreneur journey. Do you want to find joy in being both a parent and a business owner? Then come and play with us here at the Playful Mompreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Tonkin-Smith, and I'm on a mission to help moms to start and grow their own businesses in a way that's as simple and as fun as child's play. Join me as I talk about things like playful productivity, tools and tech, and building a special kind of business. A business that supports your desire to be a fully present parent and to have the time and space to truly connect with your kids. You'll also hear from other mompreneurs and some dadpreneurs who are rocking this double gig of parenting and business ownership, with some of them even throwing homeschooling into the mix. Get the inside track on both their struggles and what's working for them. And then use that as inspiration for building your playful business. You ready? Let's play. So first, let me share some of the highlights from my chat with Amanda. 
shed the shits. Such a cool hashtag that Amanda came up with. And my husband joked with us afterwards saying that we need to say that fast. (laughs) I loved Amanda's story about her unschooling journey with her daughter and her creative renaissance that happened uh, when she turned 40 from when she turned 40. Her story around burnout and then making a surprising choice to start a business in a field that was pretty new to her. That was really cool to hear how she did that. And so encouraging, I think, for other mompreneurs out there who are just feeling like they're ready to take that leap. Amanda did it, and I have every faith that you can do it too. We also talked about the cognitive load of clutter, and that's just stuck with me since our interview and how important it is to clear the clutter out in our lives. And that involves physical clutter. And as an organizational specialist and a KonMari consultant, Amanda is amazing at that. But she also helps, and I feel this is also important, is clearing out the clutter in your brain. All those shoulds and the the sort of mental clutter that's sitting in your brain is holding you back from, I think, being productive, but also feeling fulfilled and feeling that level of self-actualization. So I think this playful mindset really helps us to shed some of that cognitive load and that clutter that's happening in our brains, especially as multitasking moms. I also loved what Amanda shared about bringing her own self into her copywriting, into her business, just bringing that flavor of Amanda. She talks about having quite a quirky, dry sense of humor, and she's brought that into the way she writes her copy. She's got a beautiful checklist for going from blah to joy. I mean, even that, the title is so cute and so quirky. And then... Also, just what came through to me is that as women, especially, but I think as families, we are needing to get creative about how we work in this post-pandemic world. I don't even know if we can call it post-pandemic just yet, but we are needing to get creative and not simply go back on what worked even last year. We are needing to become creative about the way we work, when we work, how we work, And this was really just driven home to me in our interview. And finally, Amanda's parting words were the importance of finding community with other mom entrepreneurs, but also to, as she says, keep your eyes on your own paper and not to necessarily compete or compare or not to compare yourself to other entrepreneurs, to live out your objective, your calling in the world. Uh, whilst also sharing the joys of the journey with other mom entrepreneurs in this community that we can now put together online. So those are some of the highlights from my chat with Amanda. And there's more, there are more highlights. And that's what I'd like to focus on today. So Amanda talked about interruption being her kryptonite. She says that she has negotiated with her husband to work on Tuesdays and Thursdays at a co-working space out of the home so that she can have that focused time free from interruption. And she also 
talks about how she takes herself on a content writing or content creation and writing kind of retreat once a month to what she calls Bali down the road. I thought that was sounded amazing. Just this beautiful, relaxing, energizing space where she can go. And she does then a lot of her content and her writing for the whole month ahead. And so that's when I started talking about my writing retreat, which was coming up in April. I also had negotiated with my husband to give me a week, a full week of writing. And so I want to talk a little bit about that in a minute, uh, of how that writing retreat went. Amanda then also just talked about how she needs a bit of a deadline to keep herself on task to keep herself productive and to stop herself from just letting the work run away with her and, you know, just working, working, working all the time. Um, and that she has found that setting herself some deadlines really helps. I've read up on this and I, I couldn't remember the name of the law on the actual podcast interview, but it's Parkinson's law. And Parkinson's law says that the work expands to fill the time allotted. So if we've got a day to do something, then we will take the whole day to do something. If we've got an hour to do that same thing, it's possible that we can get it all done in that hour. And I think this is something that does come through for me and especially those perfectionists among us is you pour in more and more and more work to fill the time allotted. So this has come through in my little journey and Amanda just talks about focusing on the fun and easy and choosing the fun and easy each time. And then the other thing was around her inner critic, who her inner critic is called Mandy. Mine is called Cruelette de Smithers. And we spoke about those inner critics and how they come up. And Amanda referenced a book called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, where he encourages you to just be the watcher of your mind and to go, oh, the mind is just up to its tricks again when that inner critic does come up. So as I mentioned, I had a writing retreat planned for a week in April and it was it was really lovely. I booked myself a little Airbnb that was close to my house. And so I just drove there each day. It was like going to an office again. And on the way, I would listen to podcasts about being an author. And I, of course, took my Nespresso coffee machine, made sure that the Airbnb had a nice desk for me to write at. And it was really a lovely little little setup. And so the writing retreat was a big success in a few ways. The big achievements of the writing retreats were that I revised my outline. I wrote my origin story, like the introduction to the book about why you should really listen to me and why being playful is a good idea. And then I also got stuck into a few of the other chapters in the middle of the book. I also experimented with using dictation software so I could speak out my words, which I was a bit hit and miss about that. It's, I don't know, it feels a bit weird to dictate, but I do think it's something that I want to keep on going because it is a way to get up your word count. And so by the end of Thursday, I had around 20,000 words. Some of them were very rough, having been dictated. But yeah, not too bad for a week's worth of work. And I say by Thursday because... I would say 
doing that writing retreat, I, I felt very lonely. It was very surprising. You know, I'm used to working within my home. And so the boys are in and out. I can always chat to my husband. My husband works, works from home as well, by the way. Um, and I consider myself quite an introverted person. So I, I was quite surprised by just how lonely I felt and how I also just didn't then feel part of family life because usually I'm homeschooling the boys and Garen had organized to handle all of that. And my mom and my mother-in-law had also been arranged to help with looking after the boys and helping with homeschooling and that sort of thing. So I'd set up this whole week and then I think I realized, oh, I'm actually missing out on the mom part of the mompreneur life. And it was just a week, you guys, but I really did feel like a bit of loneliness and a bit of a sense of feeling left out. So I just want to be really upfront about that. Even this introverted soul was feeling like I missed that part of my life. And I think this is very key for us mompreneurs to go there's some days where being a mom is tough. It's hard and it's like, oh my goodness, there's so many things I'm juggling and multitasking. But there are also so many things you love and sometimes you realize that when they're not there. And so by that Thursday, the boys had planned a trip to the zoo on the Friday. And on Thursday night, I was debating whether I was going to go back to my Airbnb, which I'd already booked. You know, I had booked for the day and arranged to stay the whole day. And I was like, no, I'm going to the zoo. I'm going to the zoo with the boys. And I did. We had such a cool, fun day. What was even more cool about it is that Garen had planned everything. So all the snacks were sorted out. The picnic was sorted out. The whole day was arranged and I could just show up. So it was really amazing. And we had such a lovely time together as a family. And I just sort of put the book aside feeling Yes, of course, slightly guilty that I was giving up a whole day of work. I mean, mompreneurs, like, <laughs> it's like a gift, isn't it? But I realized what I did right there was the playful mompreneur way is just this like integration of business and of being a mom and taking the joys of both and really getting the best of both worlds. So... I think that really, you know, even though it felt like a bit weird having done all this organization to get this work time, I think I really put the mom back into mompreneur and also just sat there and enjoyed it and enjoyed the time that I had with my family. So as I said, the writing retreat was a relative success. It it, it was good, but it also had its drawbacks. And so I reflected on that writing retreat and my writing process up to that point. And I realized that how I was approaching writing my book was a sprint rather than a marathon. And my plan was to write roughly one to two days a week. So I typically have a Thursday and Friday for work. And then I had allowed for using one of the days on the weekend for catching up with writing or possibly with podcasting stuff. But my plan effectively was to use the Fridays for writing. But yes, then I had the podcast and the podcast has been very much a part of the book. It's part of my research for the book and recording the interviews that I do with these really cool mompreneurs. 
But running a podcast takes a lot of work and launching it took a lot of work and just all the tech behind the scene stuff, the recording, the sound levels, all of this kind of stuff, it takes a lot of work and time and iteration. And like now, for example, I'm recording and my boys are playing outside and I'm sure you can hear them playing, but no doubt that will just uh, mesh in with the sounds of your kids playing as well. So it was it was difficult to balance it all, especially like with recording. But I think also with working only one day a week, using this kind of sprint tactic, look, it can be very effective to tackle a particular task or a particular project, like tackle it on a day or tackle it on a week like I did uh, with the writing retreats. It can be very effective. But it's also quite a high stakes, risky kind of way of working. A sprint like that takes this burst of energy and it must come at exactly the right time. And if you think of a hundred meter sprinter, if she makes one mistake, then she's probably pretty much out of the race. So a sprint is a high stakes kind of thing and you have to be really highly focused. And I am starting to think that it maybe doesn't quite gel with the mompreneur and the playful mompreneur kind of style of working. So I was finding that with my time, for example, if I was going to be writing on a Friday and like one Friday I had to help out a family member at the last minute and that effectively took the whole day and it really was something that was a huge priority for me, but boom, there's my one writing day gone for the week and I'm then playing catch up and it just doesn't feel so cool, you know? So that sprint approach wasn't quite working for me. And what I was also noticing, and this comes back to Amanda's interview, is focusing on the fun and easy and really what I'm all about of being playful. I wasn't feeling fun and easy. I wasn't feeling playful. The book writing was feeling like quite a slog. And my husband, Garen, had to keep reminding me to like, just do what you preach, Shelly, and approach this thing playfully. And I was I was trying, I was trying to be playful. But the thing is, when you try to be playful, you can't be playful. It's kind of like, uh, you can't tickle yourself. <laughs> so um, I, I was just feeling this, this pressure. I, in terms of the book, I had committed myself to finishing the book by the end of June, which is like now, <laughs> like what, 20 days away. And I'd, I'd put, I'd set aside this deadline mainly because I'm working with an author coach at the moment and our time ends at the, around about the end of June. But yes, I wasn't feeling the continuity or the flow with writing. And then I was feeling bad about the things that I was doing for the podcast, or I was like on another person's show on their Facebook live. And so I felt bad that I was doing that and spending time on that rather than the book. I felt bad that I was even doing self-development work and planning or really doing anything other than writing. And as I say, I wanted to be more playful, but it was feeling hard. And being a playful mompreneur, I've realized, will bring you a life of ease, but it does take some work or at least intention. So as I recognized these mindset wobbles, I realized there was a lot of inner critic that was happening 
my inner critic blaming me. Oh, you're not writing enough. Oh, you're spending too much time on the podcast. Oh, why are you doing interviews for other people? Oh my goodness. Why are you doing all these other things and spending too much time on planning and personal development and all this other stuff? And so as Amanda says in her interview, it's about being the watcher of the mind and it's a journey that Amanda's on and it's a journey that I'm on is to just tame this inner critic a little bit, but just watch the inner critic and laugh at the inner critic, laugh at the mind of going, oh my goodness, the mind's going on with some, you know, going on some tangent at the moment. So separating these thoughts and these sort of accusations from you as a person. So what I kind of decided to do for myself is to just enjoy the podcast and to lean into that and have fun being a podcaster, have fun talking to all these amazing mompreneurs that I get to meet and ask questions of. And I then also agreed to go on a Facebook Live with one of my guests from the podcast, Lynn Haysaman, and I effectively talked through one of the chapters that I had planned for my book. I, I did actually call it the seven new rules for the playful mompreneur. But I realized that I don't want to be making more rules. We're, we're changing the rules and we're breaking the rules. So as I was almost preparing for the Facebook Live, I was like, plays. These are plays from a playbook. And so I set it up as plays in a playbook. And almost when you presented with a particular choice in your business, you'll rather choose the playful mompreneur play rather than the old-fashioned rules. So one of the examples that I can give you is priorities over productivity. So the old sort of rules is you need to be productive 24 hours a day, (laughs) whereas the playful mompreneur way is to get really clear on your priorities and really only give your well-earned work time to those priorities or your well-earned lifetime to those priorities. Don't spend time being productive on busy work, for example. So that's one of the playful mompreneur plays that I identified. And so I talked that through with Lynn and it was so fun. I came off that Facebook Live on such a high. I'll link to it. But I think the reason why I came off on such a high is because People love this idea of a playbook. They love the idea of playing rather than grinding it out with hard work and rather than trying to follow a whole bunch of rules. They love this idea of a playbook. So I think gradually I started to feel more playful, become more playful, but you guys, I still had a book to complete. So I had to play with my deadline. I had to just play around with that deadline. And this is where I have been involved with an accountability group with Rowena Mabbitt. And then subsequently during May, I signed up for Rowena's, what she calls quick clarity coaching. And this is such a cool and playful offer is that I could get unlimited coaching sessions from Rowena, but they were only 15 minutes And I had to have my actions completed from the previous session before I could book another session. So this was really great for me because I tend to be a little too optimistic and ambitious in my actions and then like berate myself when I don't do them. So I knew in order to get my next coaching session, I needed to 
just like be realistic about what I really could achieve because otherwise I wasn't going to be able to book the next coaching session. And it was so cool. It was really fun, a fun way to stay accountable. It worked really well for me, even rebel me, you guys. So during that time, we we worked quite fervently on, on getting my word count up and just focusing on the book so that I could really just get the best out of the time that I was working with my author coach. But what we also decided towards the end of May, I realized that I was not going to finish this book by the end of June. And so what I needed to do was to just push the publication date out. And so initially I pushed it out into September and then I was like, you know what, Shelly, like, let's get real about this all. And I was like, you know what, let's just push it out till beginning of 2022 and I can have some spaciousness and time to to write the book. And I I was content with the idea of this later publication date. I, I think I was, I was all right with it, but I just felt a bit disappointed about it all. And I think this also relates to what Amanda said about needing to give herself a deadline so that the work didn't end up taking up this infinite amount of time. And I think I was worried that if I gave myself the deadline of September this year or um, even January next year, that yes, I was going to create that space, but maybe that would be too spacious. And and then maybe the work would just fill the time that I was giving it if I didn't actually change the way I was working. So I sort of sat with this for a couple of days and then like a bolt from the blue, really. <laughs> I, I, I thought to myself, well, what about a smaller ebook? And this idea of the playbook had come through so clearly in the Facebook Live and just like a lot of people were responding to it from the podcast and on my social media and it seemed to be quite a compelling idea for everyone. So I was like, why don't I package my book and just reduce the size of the book into a, an ebook, a little bit more of an experimental, like, I mean, the big book was going to be self-published anyway, but this book could be just really indie published and just put it out there. And really what it would be is one of the chapters of my planned book. Uh, so two things that I want to point out here. Do you notice that as I allowed myself to play more, to be open to just new outcomes, but less attached to the outcomes, be more open to a different journey to get in towards that outcome. As I became more playful, I could come up with a solution that was actually going to work. So I am still going to be publishing a book. I'm going to be completing the manuscript by the end of June and my plan is to have it edited and uh, checked by the end of July. At that point, it's going to be quite a simple, it might just be a PDF format of the book. So I will still have achieved my goal, but I've now just changed some of the parameters of that goal. All right, so that's cool. That's really cool. And I still plan to then publish what I now am calling my big book. It probably will be beginning of 2022. And I've got a few things up my sleeve. It's not going to be quite the exact outline that I was planning, but it will be an adaptation of that because I'm, I'm getting ideas as I'm playing. So I've got a few ideas up my sleeve and no doubt they will also just metamorphosize and 
grow deeper and bigger. And I will go the whole self-publishing route in, let's say, February 2022. But I still need to really plan that out. So I'm going to focus on the, the ebook first. So I'm so excited about this because also I've also got the opportunity now to use the ebook as a bit of an experiment on Amazon. And that was totally intimidating me, the idea of getting onto Amazon's Kindle Direct Publishers. And it's so exciting to do all of that, but I felt like such a newbie with self-publishing. Oh my goodness, with with getting into Kindle's program, do you go into their select program or not? I've learned a lot. But and also you can do print on demand with them, but do I do that print on demand here in South Africa? So many questions around the marketing then of the Amazon book, which categories do you want to go into? I could go on for ages around the sort of mental clutter that I was getting into, the weeds I was getting into around marketing this book, which is really important. But I felt combined with writing the book and the thought of marketing the book and launching it and getting a street team together, I was like, what? So now by just slightly reducing the scope of, or, you know, well, I say slightly because (laughs) I'm now writing quite a lot. I'm now finding my flow. But let me just complete this idea of playing with my deadline. I played with the deadline and not just not just pushing it forward, you know, initially did that. But what I'm also doing is just changing the scope, like being agile, like being in the game, changing the game as you're playing it. And that has just been so amazing for me. And so I just feel like if there's this deadline, if this big, huge, looming project that you've got, maybe you've been wanting to develop an online course or launch your first service package, making offers with that, or just starting your business from the ground up and it's feeling daunting and huge. Let's try and bring it down to a minimum viable product. And I think that's what I haven't mentioned. So I talk about minimum viable product all the time. It's probably come up on most of my podcast episodes. So a minimum viable product is the smallest way that you can get the results that you are looking for, that you can test out an idea that you have for a product. And it does involve you actually selling your product for money because you want to test whether people are going to buy that product. So my ebook now becomes my minimum viable product and it becomes a bit of a sandbox for me to test out the idea. And as I say, I probably will eventually go and put it on Amazon and try out the categories and try out KDP as opposed to KDP Select. And I'll try out a print-on-demand service here in South Africa. And I'll have this ebook, this sort of small product, my minimum viable product, to test with. And that feels so exciting because also I just feel so detached from the outcomes. I am going to get it out there into the world. It's, I feel like I'm making my impact in the world, but it's not do or die. I don't have to figure out Amazon's algorithms and how to work Amazon. I can use this as my little test example, put it out in the world, also just get feedback from you, my audience, on what resonated with you and what you need in now a second book. Oh man, and it just feels so fun. So this feels playful now. I'm so excited. So that's my encouragement to you is if 
you are facing a task like I have been facing with my book is to not only break it up into small steps, it's more than that. It's not just breaking it up into small steps because sometimes you can do the small steps, but you don't see like a result yet. Um, So small steps are good, but think about like what is the closest way you can get to the result you're looking for. So if it's an online course, it could be doing a live Zoom session on one of the lessons for the course and inviting inviting people to sign up for a, like a Zoom masterclass and you record that. And that could even, you could sell that as an online course for several months while you start developing the more traditional five module kind of online course. So that's an example of a minimum viable product. Um, another one, of course, there's like now my ebook is just a shorter version of a bigger book, um, but starting your business Maybe you, you're feeling like, oh my goodness, I need this whole website. I need business cards. I need all the bells and whistles to claim that I'm a business owner. Oh, certifications. I think a lot of people get stuck on that. of so like, oh, I need to get certified before I can actually start this business. You don't need all of that just yet. You can start by literally, um, I, I love card is a one page website builder. So you can basically put up a business card on the internet and that's your website, but you don't even have to go that far. You can have a PDF that you email to people to say, this is my service. This is what you'll get. And let's have a call. And then you can even give them a custom quote for the services you're going to offer them. So you really don't have to have everything planned out. You can go minimum viable. I'm going to have another podcast episode on this because it's so exciting. All right. So the next point I want to make about my book writing process is that I've turned it into a marathon rather than the sprint. And even when I say marathon, marathon sounds too hard. So I think I've maybe turned it more into a fun run. I think that sounds more playful, mompreneur, don't you think? A fun run. So the way I've done that is I've let go of this idea of writing Thursdays or writing Fridays and I'm doing a Pomodoro timer every day. In fact, I'm doing two Pomodoro timers. So if you haven't heard of Pomodoro, it's basically the idea that you work for a set amount of time and then there's a ring a bell and then you have a set break. So I work for 25 minutes a bell rings, and then I have a five-minute break, then another 25 minutes, bell rings, and, and then a five-minute break. And you can take it even further than that, and you can kind of like then do like, say, four Pomodoros with five minutes in between, and then you can have like a 15-minute longer break. But that's what I'm doing every day at lunchtime, just after lunch, when my boys have their rests. And I just sit down, and I write. I also don't have an aim for my word count. And so this has been a really cool part of not being too attached to the outcome and to really just play a little bit more. So I just have to show up and write because I'm not trusting that if I just show up and write every day, my word count will just naturally go up. And believe me, it has. It's gone up too much. I'm going to have to cut so much from this book. (laughs) And I've, I've, focused on just getting the first draft out. So no editing and no crafting yet, which is, and, and also just minimizing my research as much as I can as well. So if I think about it, like this fun run, it's like, okay, you've entered this, this fun run this Saturday, 
and you're just going to run your 5Ks and you're going to make it to the finish line. And that's the, the fun run I'm doing now with this book. The next editing stage is a whole other run. That's a whole other fun run I'm going to enter. So I just want to get this manuscript to the finishing line. And so that's my motivation at the moment. And ironically, my drafting process and the way I've had to let go of perfectionism, the way I've managed to let go of perfectionism, is to allow myself to write more. And then in my editing process, I'm sure I'm going to figure out what to cut. Um, You know, maybe I might, in fact, have my 50,000 word book after all. But what I've needed to do is to just write as I'm just for that 25 minutes, just sit there and write. No distractions, no email, no getting into any kind of weeds but just putting words on a page. And now my kids even say, they'll check up on me that I'm doing my writing. If they get up from their rests, then they'll be like, mommy, I hope you're not doing emails. Are you writing your book? Because I've told them they need to check up on me. And they also now know the word Pomodoro. They're like, I asked my one child, like, what do you think I like doing? And he's like, Pomodoros. So it's become now part of my day and it's become so much better, this approach of the marathon and not the sprints. So in part in today, I'd really just like to encourage you to take on this marathon or fun run approach rather in your business, in your life. I've spoken about the idea of minimum viable products and, you know, perhaps looking at like, can I get to this outcome that I'm aiming for a little bit quicker or can I also adjust the outcome that I'm looking at or not be so attached to the outcome and maybe along this fun run, I'm actually going to just, you know, oh, smell the roses and meet some interesting people along the way, that, that sort of thing. Very often opportunities come to us on the journey and let's be on the lookout for those kinds of things. And I think my encouragement to you is to look for where you are trying to sprint your way through whether it's tasks in your business, where whether it's also stuff that comes up with parenting. Like this often comes up with me of I'm thinking, oh, well, let's just sprint through this reading curriculum or sprint through this math curriculum. Uh, and the kids often need a little bit more time and space and like, oh, you know what? All of a sudden they actually have, have nailed it. So Some of these things are all about habits. They're all about doing the work every day. So as I say, being a playful mompreneur sometimes does take work, but I think it takes a different kind of work to what we've traditionally been taught. So I'd really encourage you to look out for those places in life where you are sprinting, because often it's not just 100 meters that we're sprinting, we're sprinting the marathon. And I think we need to to slow down a little bit and enjoy the process. That's really what being a playful mompreneur is all about, is finding joy in the work that you are doing. And I think that's the shift that I have made. And it's also the shift that I saw in Amanda's interview, the shift that she made during her creative renaissance when she decided that she was not going to carry on to the point of burnout, that she was going to make some big changes in her life. 
and to choose a different path. And that's when she went and started her own business. And she subsequently had to make similar kinds of changes in her life. But she goes forward with confidence, goes forward with choosing the path of fun and easy and really, that's my encouragement for you today. I can't wait for you to get the Playful Mompreneurs Playbook. I'm pretty certain that's going to be the name of the book. I can't wait for you guys to have that in your hands or in your Kindles or on your computers. It's going to be released in ebook format to start with. I can't wait for that to be released. I'm working consistently on it as the Pomodoro Timer ticks. I am writing those words down, sharing my heart and what I'm finding with all the playful mompreneurs that I'm interviewing. So look out for it. I will no doubt share a little bit more about the book as it comes closer to to launching the book. But I am just sending so much encouragement and inspiration to you. Also know that being playful takes hard work, (laughs) it takes intention, and that I've had to go through this, even the playful mompreneur herself has had a, a big journey over the last few months of choosing playfulness. So choose playfulness in your business journey. I can highly recommend it. All right, Playful Mompreneurs, thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week for another episode of the Playful Mompreneur podcast. That's the end of our Mompreneur Playdate today, but come again soon. Subscribe and tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. But the best way to make sure that you don't miss an episode and to get free bonus content is to get onto the Playful Mompreneur email list at playfulmompreneur.com. That's also where you'll find the show notes for today's episode. So head to playfulmompreneur.com and sign up there. And then playing is even more fun with friends, right? So please share the Playful Mompreneur podcast with all your mompreneur friends by sending them over to playfulmompreneur.com or tell them to search the Playful Mompreneur on Apple Podcasts or wherever they listen to podcasts. You can also help me to spread the word by leaving a favorable review on Apple Podcasts. I'd absolutely love that. Thanks so much for tuning in, spreading the word, and most of all, being playfully and wonderfully you. Now it's time to go off and be a playful mompreneur.